Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Welcome back to SF Film. We are ending this festival with a bang. Uh, we're here to talk about the documentary Writing with Fire with our filmmakers, Rintu Thomas and Sushmit Ghosh. Thank you so much for being here all the way from India. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're actually quite excited to talk about the film with you folks. This is actually going to be our first podcast about the film. So, <laughs> Are you Yay. kidding me? Well, it better not be your last because yeah, exactly. everybody needs to be talking about this film. <laughs> Can we? I want to hand it over to one of you can you introduce this documentary to our audience oh the film is uh, writing with fire it's set in india uh, it's the story of india's only newspaper run entirely by rural dalit women uh, we see their transition from 14 years of print to digital um, and see it through the intimate lens of three characters uh, women who are um, fantastic in in every thought action and spirit and we can't wait for the whole world to actually get to know them and their work. Yeah, I'd love to just focus on these women for a second. Uh, We have three women who have a lot of similar traits but are also very different. And I thought that that was really an important thing to see uh, because we think of a journalist as being this one type of person. And you know, sometimes they're, they're hesitant and sometimes they're shy and sometimes they are strong and persevering. So uh, can you talk about the process of picking this, these women but also why it's so powerful to see that they're also human and, and, and this is also hard for them sometimes? So just to rewind back to 2016, when we first met them, we landed up for a recce shoot in their office. And this is sort of one of the initial scenes in the film where Mira is making a pitch to the entire team that we need to stop print and we need to move to digital because, and there was a lot of anxiety, a lot of excitement. uh, And and it was a long conversation. It lasted about, that meeting was about three hours. And as we were filming, we realized that Mira had to be, someone who anchors this story because she was the one who was going to lead the change. And as a personality, she's so grounded. She was an instant sort of instantly likable character and an absolute visionary. So Mira, of course, was uh, a natural choice. And then there was Sunita, who's this force of nature character, anti-establishment, always challenging the system and uh, challenging the hierarchy and, and, we knew she had to be someone in the film because her being there would give rise to a lot of chemistry. So Sunita, of course, became someone that we wanted to sort of have in the story. And eventually, uh, it Shamkali, essentially because she was someone who to us represented this sort of um, anxiety around technology, like Dalit women who have never touched a smartphone, let alone have an understanding of the internet and how it can work. Uh, Transitioning from there to what she eventually does in the film was was an amazing character arc for us to see. Uh, But 
there was this sense of fierce resilience in Shamkali's own spirit as well, which was really attractive. So, you know, and, and all three of them were at different stages of life. Uh, Mira was married with two kids. Uh, Shamkali was going through a difficult relationship with her husband and Sunita was not married, but there was this pressure on her to get married. And they had different sets of ambitions for themselves and their families. But what brought them together was, was this collective sort of vision of what Khabar Leheria, the newspaper, means for them and what they wanted to achieve through it. So we knew that the newspaper was going to be sort of like a Trojan horse through which we enter the lives of these three women and very different, all of them. And I, I think that was a challenge also editing this film because, you know, how do you make the story personal and yet keep it sort of like political and also sort of, you know, relevant for a global audience, for an Indian audience. But yeah, I mean, all, all said and done, I think, I think we're happy with the way it shaped up. Yes, yeah, mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have to say, I think when we first saw the, the title of the film and, and, and the subjects of the film, I made an assumption, oh, women made this film because women normally um, are lifting up other women around the world and telling their stories. And so I was surprised to see, oh, there's a male director on this film and in a place and in a culture that is that is sexist, I would say. Um, and I just, I wanted to know Sushmit and also Rintu, um, were there challenges with you being a part of the film and were there a lot of questions about that? That's an interesting question. So I, I think, you know, Rindu and I have been making films since we started a company called Black Ticket Films in 2009. And one of our dreams was to make nonfiction accessible and engaging for Indian audiences because people run away from the word documentary over here. <laughs> and, and we've been lucky that our work has taken us to pretty much all parts of India. And India is not a country, it's like a continent. Like every hundred kilometers, the culture, the language, the history changes. <laughs> and, and we've been able to film with men and women um, that sort of, you know, and that was the experience that we were bringing into this story. So it was very natural for me to sort of start filming with Meera, Sunita, Shamkali and the team. Um, I think, I think um, what surprised me was I, the friendship that we eventually ended up forging. I think this was the second year of filming and just this is a brief anecdote. Meera and I were, so we were always split into teams. There was another camera person, Karan. So Karan and Rintu were working as one unit and I was working as another filming unit. And I was with Meera and we were lost because we were supposed to land up in a village. We'd been walking for hours. It was a typical Indian summer, 100 degrees. <laughs> and we, in, in this dusty landscape, we saw this one tree, we sat down under it. And there was this silence. And then Mira started talking about her life and her family. And it was the most revealing conversation that sort of like took me aback. And, and then I started talking about my own life. And then we talked about what it means to be married. Rindu and I had just been married and, and, and you know, what our expectations from our spouses are and what does, you know, it mean to be. And it went from there. And, and it's just like, we became such good friends and I think that's a strain that sort of like continued through the course of filming because our approach always has been, you don't go in with cameras first. I mean, we never go in with cameras first. The idea always is to how do you make people comfortable with your presence? 
and then involve them in the process of filmmaking by telling them what is this film about? Where is this going? Why is your story important? The world needs to witness this and would you be okay with that? And, and of course, formally we have multiple layers of consent that we work with. So, you know, so people are always comfortable. They know what we're doing and they know that they can pull out at any time. I mean, that's a choice we always sort of like give them. Weirdly long answers. No, that's great. No, no, so, yeah. yeah, so what you're saying, Sushmeet, is you know, while these women are out on the front lines getting mansplained by by people who don't know what they're doing, they never turn to you and and they weren't like, look at look at what your people are doing here. <laughs> Blaming you for all these men that are <laughs> treating them there, just there horribly. <laughs> Interesting time when we were in an office and uh, there was this man, uh, he's a government official, and he quit, looked at me quizzically and he, he told Mira, oh, you have men in the newspaper now. And Mira just very blase went, oh, no, no, he's a trainee from our Delhi office, you know. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> yes. So that happened. Yeah. But, but yeah, we had long conversations about, you know. A lot of things. Well, I, um, you talked about how that you also cover their families. So I, I would love to hear, you know, have the parents, the fathers, the husbands, have they watched the film? Do they have a reaction to it? Because, uh, you know, not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to know about this news organization, these women, but I think it's also important for these families to look in the mirror and, and see, see their, you know, their impact on these women. It was a dream to actually first show the film to our characters before uh, the, the world sees it. So right before the Sundance premiere, we drove down to Uttar Pradesh, set up a little uh, screening space in a hut and, and the, our characters watched the film uh, with us. And the uh, ideal plan was to then do a larger screening for the whole team, inviting the families of the characters because we've also become very close with the kids, the husband, fathers, there's a relationship there. Uh, because of COVID, it's all on hold. But that's that's the dream to actually get everybody together, maybe in a little cinema space, and just have the film on a big screen and absorb it with them. Um, and it's as much their story um, as it is of of the women that we see. There's a whole army of people behind them, and it's those negotiations, those relationships that that add meaning, uh, I think, to the story a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And and I read a um, an article that your post production started. I, are you in the house where the post production started up in the hills? That you started and then COVID, COVID hit. So can you talk through some of that story? And it's incredible that you're here now and you've you screened at Sundance and at SF Film. I'm sure there's other places too that you're going to be screening. But if you can tell the story. It's a, it's a, <laughs> we have, we have some time if you have some time. <laughs> times really. This this film was born in the pandemic with all all the mechanism around it. I think um, our plan was to spend 2020. We, we had one pickup shoot left. Mm -hmm. The idea was to shoot it uh, once the first assembly was ready and you know identify the gaps, mostly like landscape kind of shots. I, and I always used to tell these guys, both Sushmit and Karan, you know, we should we should be shooting all of the, that as we are going along. And these guys would be like, no, we will come back. I'll never hear the end of this. Yeah, we will come back <laughs> and do it, you know, like make sure that we should only, only that. And then lo and behold, we're in the pandemic. We can't go back. 
so we've got to make do with everything that we have so it's, it, it's the story sort of takes off from there and uh, we were supposed to bring uh, our uh, consultant editor and fabini uh, to india work with her because we had like a four hour assembly uh, and we really wanted a woman editor who has an international eye who doesn't know anything about uh, the nuances of india or the story and and can actually build bring that uh, external eye and we booked everything for her just a day uh, a week before she was supposed to travel mm-hmm. the travel embargoes happened so then it just felt like you have to quickly transition and i think that really helped because we quickly uh, set up uh, spoke to her and set up like this whole dropbox skype uh, uh um we transfer zoom sort of like working in the cloud uh, setup and then <laughs> uh, our sound was happening in bombay a musician was in bombay we were in the mountains and at one point it just felt like everything was going to collapse because you're also working between five or six time zones uh and there's a lot that's lost in you know just translation but uh, i think we had a wonderful team who just uh, you know this was germany final mix in finland uh, again we had to go down to bombay to sort of like uh, do the sound so it just eventually you know everything just fell into place and uh, we couldn't honor sundance's timeline <laughs> deliver the <laughs> so we like begged for an extension and and yeah just the dcp like reached them a week before the festival wow a week before wow that's crazy so it it sounds like the production was just like this this newspaper like just the little engine that could you know and you just made it happen that's incredible yeah uh, uh, we have to go but i i just want to thank you for for sharing the story with the world and these women and you know we take for granted journalism we have 24 hour news uh that all sounds the same you know you change the channel but it may as well be the same channel um and and to see what they're doing and the direct impact that they're making and we know it's them their impact because no one else is sharing these stories so so <laughs> it's because of them it's incredible what these women are doing so i um i would just like to hear one last thing from you both what are you taking from making this film how has it how has it affected you personally i think the fact that you know we come from so much privilege it's hammered in even harder you know um and and the fact that there are people who are out, outside quote unquote the system who are fighting for our rights you know they're not just fighting for their rights they're fighting for a just world for a more equitable world uh where everything is equal and and our hope and our dream is that despite the pandemic we would be able to take this story out and 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 meera and sunita and shamkali would be able to travel with this film to feel questions from folks such as yourselves because i think to be able to see them in person i mean that's a completely different experience altogether and to have them talk about their story and the importance of journalism in the world that we live in today i mean it's it's is it is a pillar of any vibrant democracy and i think that this film essentially hammers down on that idea so yeah i think for me i've i've always wanted to see change and and uh, felt frustrated about things that feel unequal inequitable you know there is this constant rage but working with on the film spending all this time with with uh, the women at kabaleria 
it really brought home the mechanism, the, me the mechanics of change and the kind of uh, patience and persistence and forbearance that you need to keep up within, to be in the fight. And, it, and that fight is sort of long because these are people who, who've had a very lopsided reality in terms of power structures and uh, are dealing with trauma on an everyday basis. Mm. And, and you don't see impact and change just like that, right? Even a road getting built is months and months of following up and seeing literally nothing in that, in that uh, time. And to just get up every morning, you know, drape your sari, sari, pick up your bag and step out, which itself in itself is an act of courage. Uh, and day in and day out uh, for now next year, actually 20 long years is, is, is a, it's had a huge impact on me. And, and sometimes things don't change or they don't look like um, they've changed. But if there are people determined to, to chip away at these power structures, which look like bigger than us, then, then that's possible. And that's my, I, I think the most powerful takeaway for me. Ooh, beautifully said. Thank you so much for being with us. And thank you for this film. Again, we've been talking to the filmmakers of the documentary, Writing with Fire, Rintu Thomas and Shushmit Ghosh. Thank you and congratulations. Thank, thank you. you so much. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. <laughs>